Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the GeoMob Podcast. Very excited about today's guest. We have Peter Karish, one of the founders of a company called Graphhopper, which uh, works on routing and routing optimization and is built on top of a open source software by the same name. Very cool because they base this service on top of OpenStreetMap, so very exciting to see a company thriving in the OpenStreetMap ecosystem. And we can tell it's thriving because uh, they've been around for quite a few years and they're gold tier corporate members of the OpenStreetMap Foundation. So we're also going to talk a little bit about how companies interact with OpenStreetMap. And so I'm looking forward to a good discussion. Peter, welcome to the show. Tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks for inviting me to this podcast. And yeah, I'm Peter, a software developer and one of the co-founders of the Graphhopper GmbH, the company. I live in Saxony in Eastern Germany. What got you into to OpenStreetMap and into routing? Yeah, I played a bit around with OpenStreetMap data and, and wanted to try out algorithms and stuff like this. And, and so I more or less stumbled into this topic from the algorithm side. Sure. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people like to play around with the data and stuff, but they don't actually make the step of starting a company on top of it. So tell, tell us a little yeah. about the, the journey of the company. How long have you been around and, and how's it going? Yeah, it, it all started with those two open source projects, JSPRIT and the Graphhopper routing, routing engine. And well, I was kind of asked for some consultancy services for the open source routing engine and and so i did a bit of work here and there and i was a bit also annoyed from consulting at the end there were a couple of consulting gigs and and so i i was kind of annoyed there were some pretty hard precious things in personal life so to, so to say so i i i wanted to build something that gives a more continuous uh, income and so I wanted to build an API. So um, I was searching also for help uh, because I knew logistics would be a good market. And for logistics, I would need the help of another software. I searched for the software and open source software and, and I found JSPRIT. I was asking the author of this software, Stefan, if he would like to build something together. And, and yeah, basically... He said yes, and for our success, both projects were really crucial. And we started the APIs even before we started the company. And when was this? How many years ago? We so uh, the incorporation was in 2016, so four years ago. But we started the API 2014, so six years ago, I think. Okay. And, and later Michael joined and, and yeah, now we have hundreds of customers and it has been a real success story for us, that's for sure. And my dream especially has come true to work on open source, being independent, <laughs> no freelancing and earn money and all this um, at the same time. Well, congratulations. In your service, there are two pieces, right? There's the, the software, there's also the data that you build upon. And from the beginning, it's been based on OpenStreetMap, is that correct? Or do you use other data sources as well? Or Yes, yes. Uh, we based it uh, from the beginning on OpenStreetMap. We, uh, we were looking for um, traffic data to uh, yeah, improve the ETA estimates, but we were not successful to find 
a data source that uh, allows us to combine this with OpenStreetMap. So we were forced to introduce another data set, uh, TomTom. So we are now offering the option to switch between those data sources, basically. What are the technical challenges and what are the difference between routing and routing optimization? Yeah, sure. Uh, routing is a really hard topic. And uh, basically, we are offering uh, two APIs. So the routing API and the route optimization API, which are our main drivers. And for the routing API, you need to understand that we calculate the time between two locations, the distance, also the actual route from A to B, turn instructions, and so on. So it's just A to B, even without geocoding. So geocoding needs to be done before. So you turn addresses into coordinates, and then those coordinates can be handled from our routing API. That's not all. If you want to solve logistic problems, then you ha have many vehicles and many locations. And that's what our route optimization API is for. So we use the input from the routing engine. So you have all the distances and times between all the locations. So A to B, A to C, and B to C, and so on. A kind of a distance matrix and a time matrix. And this input is used to get an optimized route for every vehicle. So if you have, let's say, 10 vehicles and 100 locations or parcels to deliver, then every vehicle gets 10 or 12 or 8, depending really on what the algorithm decides and what you are saying the algorithm to do. And with different, also with you tell him the algorithm, which, which constraints he should use, the vehicle capacity, the driver skills, and so on. So all this complexity plays an important role in, in, in this logistics problems. And, and that's what we, that, that's why we created the root optimization API. Yeah, I mean, I played with it and seen some of the demos and things on your site. It's really amazing, all the different constraints that people can do and multiple vehicles. And I mean, I can imagine it gets insanely complex very, very quickly. A, it's really impressive software, but B, it's, I find it also very impressive that you're doing this in an open source environment. How many, how many people are, like, is this software that people can just jump into and contribute? Or, or is it a very high bar in terms of domain expertise and knowledge that people have to have before they can get involved? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely difficult to get started with Graphhopper and we try to make it really easy. Uh, so, so getting started with Graphhopper itself is not hard, but contributing and really making improving something is really a bit hard because we have to, uh, there are so complex topics like the algorithms and also the uh, specialties in Java and so on. Mm. So for example, yeah, our software is written in Java and the routing engine needs to be really memory efficient. And, and this is really hard because the language itself makes it really, really hard to, to make it memory efficient. We have applied some tricks and, and kind of coding in certain areas like in C and C++ and various tricks to make it memory efficient. But yeah, this is a really, really uh, complex topic. What about the issue of working with OpenStreetMap? I mean, one problem that we have at OpenCage with the geocoding is, you know, the, the strength of OpenStreetMap is anyone can tag anything any way they want, right? And of course, people try to follow the best practices, but they don't always, or different 
communities in different parts of the world use different tags. And then it, so it makes it quite difficult when you, you just get this data and it can have any kind of tag in it. How do you handle that on your side? Yeah, for reading, it's the same. There are so many tags and it's, it's really, really hard to, to know them all and know how to behave in certain situations and in certain combinations. And sometimes they are even contradicting itself and so on. But we work on this on our side. It's, it's mainly me and but especially also uh, through contributions of our bike. Yeah, vehicle profile is, is really mostly contributed and improved from contributions. And one feature which is high on our to-do list is, is a country-specific handling for the access tags and, and other things. All right, of course. So, yeah. And so let's let's talk about a little bit about the the business side of things. So, what is the exact model? You you run a hosted version of your service? Is is that the so anyone can get the software and download it themselves and and some people do that and if they want they'll you'll host it for them or you'll run it for them or how how good does it work? We do not offer on-premise setup anymore, so if people want to do on-premise, they need to use our open source software. We basically offer this software as a service and they subscribe or not. So that's, who, who uh, are the typical people using this? Is this like logistic companies and things or, or who can I imagine? Yeah, exactly. Logistics, uh, delivery companies, but also tourism, like some apps and also from governmental agencies or public authorities and stuff like this. All right. And who are you typically competing with? Like big giants, I would guess, right? Who people are bigger, much bigger companies who specialize in, in logistics type services. That's true. Yeah, we have lots of bigger companies where we are competing with. But there are also many smaller logistic companies. And I guess their logistic space or this industry is so big and so full of not yet digitalized companies it's a huge space and i think there's place for several competing companies how do you do you ever worry about the fact that as you improve graph hopper your competitors can also of course take the software i mean this is one of the core dilemmas of open source right is that you're doing the work for your competitor how do you how do you balance that out that's an interesting question point is we have not everything open source which is necessary to run really a successful company right you need for example for the root optimization api you also need this uh, matrix api which is not open source which is kind of ugly from the community perspective uh, because for uh, root optimization you need this matrix api but it's also good for us because we kind of protect as a first step competitors uh, to beat us with our own improvements and also but i i wouldn't say it's really missing from the routing engine because routing engine it should really do routing from a to b and matrix is not necessarily something that should be in a routing engine so this is arguable if this is really open core only or if it's really fully open source so but but definitely our business model is to hide certain parts of our software like, for example, also the web interface to JSPRIT and also the TomTom reader and, and stuff like this. So this is not open source and the comp a good competitor would have to build this on their own if, if they are using Graphhopper for this. I see. 
Okay. Yeah, it's it's a big challenge. I mean, we, we see it ourselves as well. We, you have this tension between the open source community, the open data community, people in OpenStreetMap who want everything to be open. And on the other hand, you know, you can't just do product development continually for your competitor, right? You need to, you need to have something that makes your company unique. That's really hard. It, it is really hard. Finding the balance is difficult. Especially when, when you want, at, at the same time, when you want to build kind of a community for your open source uh, project. And then so they say, hey, it's, it's not everything open source. Why should I contribute? But we say it's everything open source and it's already usable for A2B routing for many purposes. We also have isochrone and map matching API open source. So there are many parts we even the, the isochrone api was even closed source before and we open sourced this because we think it is better better there and and can be improved in okay. the open better and and so we we won't go the opposite way we won't take back some open sourced versions so we are hesitating to open source for example the matrix api gotcha yeah. uh, because this could be a really a really nice addition, but at the same time, it could also hurt our business. Gotcha. Actually, you, you recently released version 1.0 of your software, you know, after, I guess, six, six seven years. So what made you feel that now was the time for 1.0? And, and what does that mean? What, what does this milestone indicate? Yeah, probably we should have released 1.0 a bit earlier. So 0.13 was already good enough for 1.0 but yeah the customizable routing and routing in the fast alternative feature is a really pretty cool thing and so we put it in and tell that's now 1.0 but yeah we we could have done this earlier i don't know because graphobor is production ready or the graphobor routing engine is production ready since I don't know, 0.4, so since five, six years. Boy, I mean, you've been running it as a business for years, so obviously it has worked. Yes. So. What are the technical aspects of the service that you're most proud of? What are the things that you think like that the hardcore geeks are going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe it does that. There must be some things along the way that some pieces that you're really like, this is really cool. Personally, I'm proud of that we achieve the to combine the two open source projects, both really complex. And in the so JSPRIT and routing engine, and in the routing engine itself, or I'm proud of that it's really fast and memory efficient. And as a company, I'm I'm really proud of our Matrix API. So we have built an incredible fast API, which also supports turn restrictions. So this is a pretty hard thing to do with our graph model. So we have a node-based graph. I'm, I'm not sure if I should explain this, but for the node-based graph, you usually, or it's usually not really easy to turn restriction support. And you are usually doing edge-based graphs for this and that everything gets much easier. But yeah, from the user perspective, then everything gets much more complicated. So it's a bit technical challenge, but, but I'm proud of that we have so talented freelancers and employees that we can build such an awesome API. I'm sure you must have lots more on the to-do list, though. I'm sure the list is endless in terms of problems that people report and, and weird edge cases and things like that. Yeah, actually, we are currently a bit creating our vision for the future, but 
definitely our to-do list is a huge thing. <laughs> we've, we've covered some of the technical aspects of the service. Let's talk a little bit more about the business side. So as a, you're a gold corporate members of the Open Street Foundation, um, which is very impressive. I mean, we at OpenCage, we only managed to be bronze uh, members. Um, and equally impressive is you're the smallest company there by far. Most of the others are huge giants like uh, Bing, which is part of Microsoft, Facebook, Mapbox, which has raised uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, Esri. So, I mean, these are the giants of the geospace. And then we have you guys, which is not quite as big yet. So tell us about that process. What made you want to become a gold corporate member? And how do you interact with, with the OpenStreetMap community in general? And how you think about doing these kind of things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Gold Corporate uh, sponsorship is really, uh, for us, a big thank you to the OSM community. That's one of the reasons we, we did this rather bold move for a smaller company. But of course, it's also marketing for us. And a third reason uh, for this is a marketing for the membership itself. So we think there are so many small companies and bigger companies who are not yet a member corporate member of the OpenStreetMap Foundation and we should really show that it's possible. So, I mean, are we really the only European company that is able to do the gold corporate membership? Yeah, unfortunately, yes, it seems so. I don't, I don't think so. So, there are so many, I, I, I know several companies that are were grown only because of the data quality of OpenStreetMap and and that's that's our as i said our main reason why we do this because without OpenStreetMap data we would be probably not here so i i don't understand why they it, it's not only the thank you it's also the reliance on the data and reliance that the community and and everything or the foundation should should also scale the the project properly and and all this for the future it's kind of a security for them so so i i don't really understand why they can't cut i don't know 0.1 percent of their revenues or something like this and then spend this to the foundation so that's really hard for me to understand but for us it's a simple math as a smaller European company ourselves, you know, I, I agree. We're, I mean, we're bronze members. Hopefully someday we can move up to being gold members. I think every membership is a good thing to say sure. this. So so a personal one, bronze or a gold one, it doesn't really matter. But and, and also what I think is important that you are part of this sponsorship. And if you are using OpenStreetMap data as a company, that I think that's what counts. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we try to do a lot to educate our customers. Many of our customers come to us just because they want geocoding. They don't know, really know anything about open data versus closed data and all this kind of stuff. And so then, although some do, of course, and then we try to educate them on you know the pros and cons of it and, and how they can contribute and slowly move them into becoming actual contributors, be it in the data, in the software, in financially through the foundation and things like that. But I think it is it is an interesting thing. You know, on the one hand, that OpenStreetMap, which was started in Europe and has such a thriving community in Europe, but if you look on the business side, is completely dominated by American companies. And then the biggest or the newest newest detail or wrinkle in that discussion is of course last week the news that Facebook acquiring Mapillary, which is was a, a, a European company, a Swedish company. Yeah. Um, so how, how do you see that? That, uh, you know, sometimes there, there's an antagonistic dialogue there between 
the European community and the American community, which as someone who's half American and half European, I always find, I, I have sympathies with both sides and the arguments of both sides, but how do you see it? What, what can we do there to bridge this gap and get everyone working better together? You mean the companies or like European versus US companies or the communities US or? Well, I think all of it in just that, It, it plays out at the company levels in the, it, it feels like at times, although I think this is not always the reality, it feels like at times we have big American companies versus the European craft mappers, right? And the reality is there are European companies like, like our businesses. And of course, there's also a thriving craft mapper or hobbyist community in the US. But at times it does feel like, it feels like on the corporate side, it's very dominated by, by American companies. Uh, particularly the big internet giants, and whereas on the on the, you say the hobbyist side, it feels like it's it's still somewhat dominated from in by the Europeans, and I, I think I feel like it leads to a lot of unneeded antagonism. Yeah, I I think first of all, it's really great to have so many craft members and so many active people on the European side as well as so many and also so big companies on the US side. The big problem is that those big companies have lots of resources and the fear is that they gain too much influence and also maybe remove kind of the origin of OpenStreetMap. I don't know what this should be, but what I really, how to say this, I, I'm really kind of, and it's really annoying to, to hear often those European craft mappers And then, and sometimes, or my feeling is that we have a really loud and but but minor community uh, in Europe <clears throat> that does not really speak for the whole community. I mean, when I first get started in OpenStreetMap, I was really I, I wanted not to take part in this community because the tone is um, in my case it was a disaster, and I still think there are some loud people in the community they behave or talk not really well and i think that's something we should really improve as a community we should be more inclusive in a more friendly for example i'm not yet not even now um, subscribed to any mailing lists um maybe osm dev i'm subscribed but i don't No, but nothing else because it's not really, it often doesn't make sense. The discussions sometimes go out of hand and I don't really like this. So what I think is what we should do as um, also as a smaller companies, but also as a contributor to me, especially I'm, I'm blaming myself here more to be more louder and to say, hey, no, calm down. Let's make this everything look from a different perspective a more practical perspective and not so morally i don't know involved and, and complex yeah i completely agree with you i am on the osm f talk list and there are certain people i just have to block because i don't i don't have the energy you know i don't have enough there aren't enough hours in the day for a busy person with the work yeah. family you know i can't i can't read people's, you know, six page long rants telling me uh, anyone who makes money with the poetry map is evil and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's not that I don't, for example, I, I hate Facebook. I, I really dislike Facebook. Okay, let's uh, hate is too, too strong. Um, I, I 
that's a waste of energy for Facebook. But um, I don't like them, and but but I don't understand why the community is so so full of fear for big companies. I I also understand that we should be critical and not accept certain suggestions from them. So, for example, there was a, a recent suggestion to 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 let's let's do the DevOps from with Facebook stuff, and I I thought, oh no, please don't. And that's so those suggestions could be ignored, but. But why not make this more inclusive? They have serious working and, and also hopefully well-intended people working on OpenStreetMap improvements and, and stuff like this, and also with, with artificial intelligence and stuff like this. I'm also critical of, of those things, but, but why not, why not uh, give real arguments instead of fearful and morally strange arguments? I agree. I agree. And and the problem is also, uh, so I share the same reservations about big companies in general, like Facebook, and we say, oh, let's have their employees do the DevOps. You know, obviously, they'll raise some questions. On the other hand, it, it's not clear that the current model is sustainable. So we need to change the way things are working now. So... Yeah, that that's the problem. I think the community suggests, hey, no, we don't want to make a video mickey uh, media style so we don't want many devops uh, and, and manager for those devops and managers for those managers and stuff like this so we don't want to have this they say but on the other hand i think we have to decide do we want really want to outsource the devops to another company or what is the solution or i i think there are only two solutions for this problem to to either have it outsourced into a separate co company or uh, do it on the uh, OpenStreetMap Foundation level. Another option would be, of course, also to, to only serve map tiles for OpenStreetMap.org. That's for sure. So only have companies serving map tiles and not the foundation. So, But I'm not sure if this is what they like. Yeah, it's an open discussion. I, I, the, it, it's difficult. The problem is, I feel like at this point, we don't even have a good framework of how to reach a decision. Yeah. Although I, I do see that the new board, I guess they're not that new anymore. It's been, it's been six months or so. But I see people are trying quite hard to bridge the gap and, and gather everyone's voices and, and come with a solution. But I think there's still quite a lot of work to be done. So Yeah. That's Actually, sure. um, I'm hoping to get uh, some of the members of the OpenStreetMap Foundation here on the podcast in the coming coming weeks and months, so that hopefully we can be Sounds part of great. be part of the discussion. Anyway, I, I guess we could probably talk about OSMF for for an episode in its own right. Let's come back to uh, to Grasshopper. What what's next, and and what's coming up for you guys, and and how also how were how were you impacted by the virus? I mean, you know, there's been a big boom now in delivery services. Did you guys see that in your in your usage and your con contributors, what was the impact? Yeah, I, from the company side, we, we have upgrades and downgrades um, more than usual, but at the end, it hasn't changed much. And there were not uh, for the open source projects, no more contributions or something like this. So lockdown for us was more or less business as usual. And what is the future hold? What's, what's next now? Well, we will improve our services and continue to invest in OSM. So, well, we have many ideas, but currently it's or it's always kind of luck and also customer requests uh, that which directions we exactly go. 
So we don't have a navigation software for our feature list, so to say. Come on, you got to get. There has to be some some cool new feature that you're like, oh, I can't <laughs> wait till we get this or that or. Oh, 1.0 was out a few weeks ago, so there were so many cool features in in it. You have to live with this for now. <laughs> well, one one development not per se with GraphHopper, only with GraphHopper, but in general, that I think has been made possible by OpenStreetMap and the availability of the data is we've seen more and more routing services for different modes of transport, like for cyclists, for uh, walking, uh, hiking, that kind of thing. It's really quite cool. Are you guys doing more? And I know you already support a couple different modes, but... Um... Yeah, that's something we want to achieve with our custom routing. So customizable routing and so we have for example a kind of a base profile like the bike car and and food or walking and customizable routing you can then say hey let's define a certain vehicle size vehicle weight a certain speed reduce the maximum speed or the average speed on on the road type or avoid streets with a too high speed value and and stuff like this is already possible and easy to achieve per request okay good good discussion peter thanks for giving us your perspective on on openstreetmap on osmf on working with open source any final insights you want to share with the listeners or any any uh, news any anything you want to leave us with before we wrap up yeah you should definitely check out graphopper.com that's for sure. <laughs> What's <laughs> the best, what other ways can people get in touch with you? Where can they find you on the internet? Yeah, it's, it's graphhopper.com, but also if you have interest in our open source routing engine, then github.com slash graphhopper. There are several open source projects that we push forward and, and that's definitely interesting for the technical people. Also, thanks for having me in this podcast. That's really great. Well, our, our pleasure. I hopefully at some point we'll be able to have live GeoMob events again and we'd love to get you as a speaker. We will see how long this takes. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll make sure to get all those links in the uh, show notes. Thanks. Bye, Bye. Thanks everyone for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any suggestions for topics that we should cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. You can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. You can follow Steven at Steven Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. You can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode, and of course, seeing you at a future GeoMop event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.